0: Bosco's
1: Boys. Come on, boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. Before we get into anything, let's just talk about our favorite sponsor of all time, mybookie.ag. It's the best online sports book in the world. You guys should head there right now and use promo code capital chair for a 100% deposit match up to a thousand bucks. And you should bet it all on Patty Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Our guest today is Mr. Matt Hall. He's one of the best friends of the show. You can find him at kstateonline.com, which is the rival site for Kansas State University. There is absolutely no one better, um, and there's nowhere else better to consume K-State content. What, What about, like, Flando? Flando's okay. He's number two. He's extremely high number two. Number three, right? DY is number three. No, I relegated him completely off the list <laughs> Good. I think he, yeah, he was rude to me, and he
2: he has to respect you more than he does sometimes. I think
1: that's that's absolutely right. Um, yeah. You know, K KSO covers day to day K State news, recruiting better than anyone else. Um, so check out and subscribe there if you can, if you haven't already. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on.
2: I appreciate it. Um, the picture you on here uh, on this here Skype, we're using it. Mustache is something else.
1: Hey, I have a mustache right now. The same. Do I you? look Exactly like I look in that picture. Is it a is it a playoff mustache? Um, sure. Say it. Sure. It's, why say not? It yeah. Why not? Why not? And
2: then your and then the my bookie reference earlier. If they had the Chiefs today, right? It was a plus seven. They would have been would have been rich if they listened to you last week and did it then. You know. So maybe yeah, this is agree. a time. They'll listen to what you tell them, you know the boneheads, bonehounds, both, and and uh, make some money on the Chiefs.
1: I think that that's something they should do. And before we get into the West Virginia game, I just like, you know, I'd like to give you the floor to address the Kansas City Chiefs kingdom, as you know, we just won the AFC just about an hour ago. I'm gonna crack a beer open on Mike to celebrate while you, wanna, while you while you talk. Are right, you ready? I hear it. What kind is it? What are you having? It's a Boulevard Wheat.
2: Well, that seems very appropriate for the Kansas City Chiefs making the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, to people who don't know, I think you probably do. Like, I'm I'm an L.A. Chargers fan, so an AFC West rival, of course. And so it'd be disingenuous for me to sit here and say, oh, you know, I'm so happy for the Chiefs and that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I'm not. Like, I'm not a fan of them. But there's a lot of people, and I mean this sincerely, you are absolutely one of them. Scott's another one of them. I'm not going to start naming names because then I'm going to leave somebody out. I mean, I feel like I don't mean them, but there's a lot of really good Chiefs fans that have been, you know, friends of mine for a long time that have put a lot of their time and heart and soul into this. And for those people, like I can not say, like I'm sincerely, sincerely excited. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, that they got that they got here. I would have probably picked Baltimore at the start of the playoffs, you know, to get there. But uh, either way, I mean, I think they've had an amazing year. It's not a fluke. They deserve to be you know, where they are. And I mean, we'll see. Now, last I looked, it was 17-0 in San Francisco. I don't know what it is right now. I think, you know, that's probably going to be the opponent. I think it'll be a great game, but they're going to have an excellent, excellent shot at winning this. And I'm just happy for all the people I love
1: who really, really care about them. Yeah, you're right. So it's still 17-0, so it's looking not great for Green Bay and and DY. But that's okay. Right. We don't want that anyway, though. I don't
2: want to hear. Two weeks or whatever it is of Derek arguing, you know, and Derek wouldn't argue; he'd be classy about it. But Derek, you know, trying not to argue with Chiefs fans, like I don't want it. Just give us the Niners. Everyone will pull for the Chiefs. Don't got to deal with that stuff.
1: Yeah, man, it's fun. It's fun. I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make this somewhat of a quicker show so I can go hit the town in Kansas City. It's a lot more fun than I expected it to be. I grew up kind of like a lukewarms fan, but since I moved here, man, and since having yeah. Patrick Mahomes, it's been. It's been a lot of fun, but I can imagine let's get into the West Virginia game. Um, cats obviously upset West Virginia, 84 68 in, you know, a dominating and suffocating performance. It was a great, exciting win, but you know, from your perspective, what does this mean? Does it mean anything?
2: If I had to say one word, I would say, I would say no because I don't think it really changes the trajectory I thought this team was headed on. Um, but that's a really, you know, negative glass, you know, half full, glass half empty, either way answer because um, I, I think it can. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens from this. Uh, I just don't think KC is an entirely different team because of what happened. But if you were I'll, – I'll, I'll back up and start over. If you were somebody who thought this team had quit on Bruce Weber, it was done, it was done playing, then, yeah, it should change everything because that was never true for one. But if this game doesn't show you, then it should change everything. But if you're somebody who would – who'd gone into it thinking, man, they're just having a rough season. They're not particularly good right now. It's going to be a season where they win, you know, four to six big 12 games. I, I don't think that changes just because of one win. I, I still feel that way and feel the same. I think there's a lot of issues that need to be worked on on this team this year. But if you were somebody who was down on this program and thought it was done and they were, had, had phoned it in, I think it should change everything for you there because, you know, they just hammered a team that I thought was underrated at number 12. You know, they are number four in Ken Palm. Um, fan, taught me so much about how great they were going into that game. I thought that was a very, very good team K-State beat. So, if yeah, if you were down on K-State, it should change it for you a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, agree. I thought the the effort level was was there, absolutely, and it's it's maybe been lacking in some games yeah. in the past the season. Um, but, for me, yeah, it's hard to look at it to see as, you know, a, is it a turning point versus is this a flash in the pan? Obviously, it's a little too early to, to make that to make that decision but hey why do you why do you sound so sober um you know i am locked in yeah <laughs> frankly i'm locked in i'm very you're good you're doing at a great drinking. job
2: you're doing a great job i have not i've not had a sip and i feel like like you're smarter than i am
1: well here's the thing i'm very good at drinking until yeah. i have had like you know over 12 drinks and i get to like the blackout point then i'm just obviously complete dog shit but oh, yeah. there we go i cuss sorry um, but you know, other than that, I've got some, I've got great control of myself. So yeah, you're obviously I'm on mic and you know, I'm, I'm locked in baby. We're talking cats. So here we go. Okay. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's hard, especially since we've with Bruce Weber had not only seasons like this in the past, but games like it's the past where yeah. we would go on, you know, three or four game stretches where we can't buy a bucket where we look absolutely terrible and disjointed, and then it kind of all comes together and we put it on a team that you would never expect us to beat. So I don't know what to make out of this game, but I am going to choose to be an optimist in this scenario and think that we can take this game as a building block and go forward with it.
2: Yeah, and if nothing else, what you said about them playing hard is is 100% accurate. I think, and ironically, the best example of it, I think, is a guy who played 10 minutes. And like you said on Twitter, I'm not trying to, McCall uh, McWayne's role may need to be an energy guy, you know, off the bench. That's a whole, that's a good point, a good discussion. So I'm not trying to argue that. But Mac only played 10 minutes, um, but he had six boards in those 10 minutes. At one point, he had five of K State's six rebounds. He was sprinting up and down the floor. Like if you're not in the arena, he was slamming his hands together, walking the timeouts like I've never seen him before. You know, like he was excited and trying to be emotional. Um, and then a, a, an odd little note, like I was really critical of in that game against Texas Tech when Mac got fouled when he came back in for like one second the second half, I was adjusting his headband before he even got, you know, to back to the ground. And I said to somebody, he's like, man, if my guy was adjusting his headband, when he's getting his ass kicked like this before he goes to the ground, he's never wearing a headband again. And then in the game against West Virginia, I, you know, whether it's coincidence or not, Mac did not wear a headband. Didn't mess with that stuff. And he played really, really hard for 10 minutes. Like, they need more than from him from that. It wasn't a good enough effort. You can't get 10 minutes and five fouls from your starting center. But I think he was a prime example of how much harder they played than perhaps they did, you know, a few nights ago against Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, we might as well so, um, just talk about Mac at this point. Um, okay. So, yeah, he. I mean, you – you summed up his day pretty well. He had a, it was a frustrating day. I would say at least statistically his final stat line, was 10 total minutes, six rebounds, which is good contribution, you know, on the, on the glass, but four points and 10 minutes is what really sticks out in that stat line. Um, I think we both like Mac a lot. Um, and we have both defended Mac a lot. So it kind of pains me to say this, but I think it's time, at least in my opinion, to limit his numbers a bit. Um, and yeah, you know, where do you stand on Mac's role going forward?
2: I, I tend to agree with you, meaning I think you've got to understand, you know, like you you said it on I think it was on Twitter, right? It was somewhere we were conversing that hey, yeah. he's three yeah. years, he's three years in. This is more or less who he's gonna be. And yes, in flashes, flash points, he's gonna have games where it looks like, you know, over a thirty minute span he would average fifteen and twelve and be really good. But all, all altogether this is who he is. But I'd almost do it the opposite of what you're suggesting. If you're gonna say you know, limit his minutes, just, you know, which I don't disagree with. But I say just start him and tell him to play, you know, with his hair on fire. And if you foul out in 13 minutes, you foul out in 13 minutes. You know, I mean, at least if you're only going to get 13 or 15 out of Mac, if you're going to limit his minutes yourself by putting him on the bench, I would just say start him, you know, and say, hey, man, I'm not going to bench this guy as soon as he gets two fouls in the first three minutes. I'm going to keep playing him and limit his minutes that way. I mean, I think there's different ways to do it. I mean, I think the best version of this K-State team, like if you're – if we're on a video game we're constructing the best version, if everything's going well, still includes, you know, A-plus Mac in the starting lineup. So that's why I see the temptation to keep doing it, because K-State's best, highest ceiling is a good McCallum away in starting at center. But I-, I tend to agree with you. I don't know that that's going to happen. And if you want to start Monty and Antonio or Monty and Levi or your ex and Monty and then at Dejuan and Mike and Sloan or Car, whatever, there's many different ways you can do it. I wouldn't I would be able to argue with you anymore. I can't argue against it anymore. I would probably still start him. But I I think your point is very wise.
1: Yeah, that's not a terrible idea, um, considering we're getting, you know, around that amount of time from him in-game anyways. But, you know, I tend to lean on, you know, he can be a super influential player for us. But I think recently he's been bad. Not not necessarily bad, but uh, more often than good uh, for us recently. and, And, you know, we're 17 games into his senior year in a season yep. that's probably dead. So I yep. would typically tend to defer those minutes to Antonio Gordon or, or Montavius Murphy, but yeah, I mean, I have no problem starting him, but and I guess, you know, he's probably going to maybe it doesn't matter because he's probably going right. to foul out anyways, so those minutes are going to get shifted anyways. So Right. I guess it really doesn't matter, but you know, if it does come to a game where he's not performing well and he's somehow stays in the game, which we've seen. We've seen that happen before where he's not no doubt. playing out and he's, and he's not playing well. I'd st- I would prefer to defer those minutes. I, I would
2: like to think, and I could be wrong, I would like to think the Tech game was the end of that. And you're right. We've seen Mac a lot of times. But when he played six minutes, you know, healthy with no real foul trouble against Texas Tech in a game that was, you know, they were up by a point in the second half. So it's not like they just sat him because they were getting blown out. I think, I think that was the game that said we're done seeing Mac get, oh, what's the word? I don't want to say entitlement minutes because he's not entitled, but entitlement minutes, you know, of, of right. playing 25 just because he's a starter. I think either way, whether he's starting around the bench, I think that's done. But another thing I would say to argue your point and agree with you is if there's some, what's the word, I, you know, big picture or just um, spiritual value in saying we're starting three freshmen, you know, yeah. Monty, Antonio, and DeJuan, even if Antonio's still only going to play 19 minutes, If they're listed in the starting lineup and they come out with, you know, Cardi and and X in the announcements, maybe there's some value to that. As dumb as that sounds, there might be. And that'd be another reason that maybe if you're going to play Mac 18, do it off the bench and let those three freshmen say, we have started, you know, from day one or year one, at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like that idea. And let's just stick with the freshmen, starting with Mr. DeJuan Gordon. Um, You know, Bruce gave DeJuan a bit of a nod to become that team leader, um, yeah, and I'd say Dejuan responded quite well. Um, how exciting was it for you to see, you know, the freshman kind of come out of his shell?
2: It was really cool, you know. I mean, I was not covering K State uh, when Dean and Barry and Cam were freshmen. I was just a fan, you know, just watching it like you, like everybody else. And so I wasn't around for those games in the manner I was uh, on Saturday, but I couldn't help but think that I, that it probably felt like one of those performances when one of those guys kind of jumped up, whether it's Dean or Barry or Cam as freshman. You know, not the same as Cam when he had, like, 28 against North Carolina. But, you know, those moments where you're like, wow, this is, you know, what he can be. When you see in the first half, you know, 13 points, 5-5 five of five from the field, 3-3 three of three from three, and four steals. Like, Nelson said in the story, it reminded him a lot of Barry Brown against Oklahoma State when Bray was a junior in that game when he went for 30, like, six steals. It was just really exciting because, pardon me, he's been... He's been good this year and I know Bruce thinks the world of him and I know off the record they think the world of him and they're not they were never worried but he hadn't looked like, you know, we and I me too had hyped him up to be a potential, you know, 12 yeah. 13 yeah. 14 point a game score, and we were not seeing that. But this game, you know, yes, he's not going to make every shot he takes, you know, in every game he plays, but he has such a knack for tip-ins and offensive rebounding at his size and putting the ball back in. I like his stroke. I know it's kind of ugly, but he has so lo- so so, so little can go wrong in his shooting stroke, even though it's not very aesthetically pleasing. I think he's going to be a high 30s three-point shooter over his career. And uh, it was just really exciting to see. I thought he played really well. And then, you know, and he was the key. But it was cool to see Monty and Antonio also have plays that really set that crowd off, you know, yesterday in Bramlage or Saturday in Bramlage. And they felt like they were a big part of that, too.
1: Those guys love working on <laughs> the crowd.
2: Yeah, they do. I mean, Antonio, Gor- I mean, all of them, but Antonio Gordon. He's going to be so hated, so hated by his junior year in the Big 12. Like, he's going to be awesome going to road games and watching crowd reactions to Antonio Gordon. I hope he leaves that pink or purple streak in his hair. I hope he keeps blowing you know, th- blowing kisses after threes. Uh, he's going to be – people will not be able to stand him.
1: Yeah, he's been a huge surprise. Um, so how influential of a player, talking about DeJuan Gordon, do you think he could be going forward? To me, like – is he the next Barry Brown-esque attitude, you know, player that just simply like doesn't accept losing? Cause that's kind of the vibe that I get from him.
2: He, he may well be. And I want to be, you know, cute and creative and say no and be more smart with my answer. But he may be like, he is from the moment I heard him speak. I thought this guy is intense. Now he is young. I mean, he does come off like a child to some extent sometimes, you know, I mean, cause he's very young, but he is so straightforward and so focused and just so it's so genuine. Like, when you ask him a question like, hey, are you ready to become the leader? He will just say, you know, not that he can't say more, but he just says yes, you know, because that's his answer, you know. And then he'll look at you and realize, oh, they want more. And he'll say a little bit more. But, I mean, he, he has charisma. He has tons of confidence. Like, I've also he, some people don't like this guy. He's reminded me, uh, personality-wise, of a young Russell Westbrook since I first saw him. And Russ was always a great competitor, I thought, in college and early in the NBA. And he probably still is. You know, it wasn't always about throwing yourself rebounds for triple-doubles or whatever. But, like, I think um, I, I think he might have that Barry Brown, Russ, you know, Russ Westbrook, just dog mentality in him. I know it's a cliche, but I think he does. And I'd be surprised if even by middle of next year, he's not going through little stretches where for three, four games in a row, he scores, you know, 18 to 20 and, and is really good on the defensive end of the floor because I think he's going to be – as good as we thought he was, it just probably didn't come as fast as maybe I would have guessed.
1: Well, I love Russell uh, Lewis, by the way.
2: There you um, go. See?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I – that's okay. I mean, he was never – was he ever really that offensive killer in high school? No, you know, coming, no. He was not never really. the Marcus Foster no. um, who just had – and ridiculous snack to get buckets. Um I think in fact I think he's a better I mean I don't think
2: he's he's probably got a bigger offensive ceiling, you know, than we ever would have thought six, seven months ago. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no doubt.
1: I just think he's a much, much better fit for this program and for our system, you know. I, I, I have I have high hopes for him going forward. I mean, but go ahead. I mean, no no, I'm just rambling and I don't I don't want to keep the show
2: going too long too, because i you know, I'll celebrate for your Chiefs
1: tonight. But like yeah.
2: I mean, they're such a good fit because, you know, Dejuan is that Barry Brown type or whatever. Montavius Murphy is probably going to be most like Xavier Sneed to where he's just going to play his, you know, his rear off, as I say, it, his, play his ass off and nice. be, char- be charismatic, but relatively calm, you know. Um, and then Antonio is going to be just the crazy one of the three of them. You know, I mean, he is um, which I think it's going to be a different, a little bit different group than the other three. You know, and then you're going to add in guys who might be better players than them. You know, Nigel Pack and Salt-Miguel, and that, and that can change that, 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 that dynamic, too. But I think they, they fit each other very well from a group personality-wise, too.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Yes. Exciting times going forward, and I would just like to hear your your thoughts on that this freshman class that we have, you know, as a whole going forward in terms of potential.
2: I mean, I, I've seen on the board you know, questions like, well, hey, if they were great, you know, wouldn't K State be better than one of four in the Big 12 right now and, you know, under 500 overall? And I guess that's fair. Yeah. If they were great by the term of, you know, an, an actual use of that term, they would have carried K State to more wins. Sure. Um, but I don't think this, I don't think this. the circumstances they've been asked to accept have been so much different than Barry Dean and Cam. Like those three were handed the keys on day one and said, this program is, you know, at the bottom, carries back to the top. These three, you know, are coming off, of, you know, back-to-back really good years and not also not, not handed starring roles. I mean, they were at most, the you know, fifth, sixth, seventh options coming in. So to compare those two is not fair. And if you're doing that and looking for them all to average, you know, 12 games a freshman, uh, you'll be disappointed. But uh, I, I think they have the ability to be close to as good as that, uh, that group of three um, from what I've seen from them. Uh, and I think they think it mattered, I know you asked about this group of freshmen, but I just think the think it's so different too, is they'll be having a group coming in behind them that might be better than they are. Um, you know, imagine if Barry Dean and Cam had been followed by a class that had four Xavier Sneeds. You know, what would that group have been like? And I think that's what this group could be having behind them. It doesn't guarantee anything. I mean, it takes a lot of luck to win championships and that kind of stuff. But I do think they'll have the roster necessary to do that probably two to three years from now.
1: That's probably, yeah, that's a, you know... I mean, obviously it's a huge positive to have a talented class coming in next year, but it's, it's very positive, in my opinion, in terms of, you know, uh, depth competition. Those guys are right. going to come in immediately and be pushing, pushing the guys here now for, for their spots. I think that they're good enough to actually be doing that. So it's going to create, you know, an inter-squad competition that's just going to make us better.
2: Yep, and able to practice, you know, five on five, just what you said, with, you know, a number of talented, hopefully healthy bodies. And that could always change, too, you know, like the injury bug could strike again. But there seems to be no reason why that can't happen next year, and that's exactly what you're talking about, and that should make a significant difference. Nah, no, ah.
1: one, no one will ever get injured on our team again. I don't think so. I think it's done,
2: man, you know?
1: That's, yeah, it's probably over. Um, let's talk about Cardi a little bit. Um, yeah. He's becoming a bit of a divisive figure, isn't he? <laughs> I mean. yeah. Not necessarily divisive, but you know, at this, he's simultaneously critical to our success, but you know, so vulnerable to being sloppy and lackadaisical and kind of costing the team in big moments. You know, if you're Bruce Weber, how do you address that?
0: It's, well, let me say I this mean, about I know Cardi first. A very,
1: yeah, I know it's, it's great. Question, but
2: I will mean, say this about Cardi first because I think some people have perceived me being as tough on Cardi, and I probably have been. But just for a point of clarity, and I probably shouldn't even admit this, like if. You know, I would say since I started, you know, back at KSO, if there's one player that I've probably had an inappropriate media player relationship with, it's Cardi. It's Cardi His high school coach has spent a weekend at my house, staying the night with me. Um, you know, multiple nights in a row. He, there are multiple pictures of Cardi and my son in his room together uh, after the game on Saturday. Uh, he stopped me and told me to tell Red High after the game, and we talked for probably five or six minutes, um, just like two regular people. So when I criticize Cartier Jada, it's not because I don't like him. Like, he's one of my favorite people I've covered at K-State. But um, it has been, a, you know, a polarizing device of whatever thing. And K-State still loves him, too. When I talk about rumors about him not being on the team next year, it has nothing to do with K-State wanting to run him, not wanting him back. Nothing like that. Um, that's not the case. But as far as what Bruce Weber does, you know, I guess what he's just done, you know, so far, which is continue to kind of work with him behind the scenes. He's started to play better the last couple of games. The turnovers are still coming, you know, in mass. Um, I will say, as dumb as it sounds to defend it, he, you know, seven turnovers in 38 minutes is bad. But, I mean, it's 38 minutes. If the guy had played 30, he probably has four, and it doesn't jump off the page as you as much. It just looks bad. Um, but still, the five he had in the second half are really, really bad. I think Bruce just has to ride him, you know. Continue to ask for more. Continue to show examples of when he's making mistakes. Cardi has shown signs of changing some of those things and at least realizing when he should take a bad shot instead of throwing an aggressive pass. Um, and then the other thing is just continue probably to start Sloan, to continue to slide Cardi off the ball, which didn't really happen despite Sloan playing a ton of minutes in the last game Yeah, um, yeah. and take away the chances for him to make those turnovers. But I think ultimately you're going to live with it to an extent um, because if Cardi's going to give you, you know, that kind of scoring, not 25 a game, but if he can be a volume scorer for you and it means he's going to turn over five times, you may have to take it as hard as scoring is for this team. And I don't know that there's a lot you can change with it.
1: I mean, I completely. I I think you you summed it up very nicely, Um, Cardi. Yeah, I mean, seven turnovers in thirty eight minutes, but twenty five point six rebounds and four assists. So it's a polarizing stat line. Um, We obviously are aware of his glaringly bad turnovers at. I mean, yeah, very inappropriate times. But um, I think you kind of just have to take the good with the bad at this point. Um, He's in my opinion, he's our best player. And I freaking love Cardi so much. Like he's one of my favorite K-State basketball players of all time, despite, you know, him not really accomplishing all that much in his career yet. Um, But I love him. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite players ever. And yeah. I, I love that you mentioned, you know, David Sloan. I think that that's part of the equation to to um, fix this in a way. Um, played 36 minutes, which um, is on the much higher side than what he's been used to in his time at K-State. Um, he was no very, very good defensively um, against West Virginia. Do you think he's at the point right now where he can grab that starting point guard spot?
2: I, I do think so, yeah. Okay. I think, you know... I would be surprised. if so they go to Kansas, of course, Tuesday night. I would be surprised if the starting lineup is not David Sloan, Cardiashada, Xavier Sneed, McAlmaine, and probably Dejuan Gordon. I, w- I would guess would be that would be the five. Um, I think. I think. I, again, I think this the last two games. I want to say he played 24 minutes against Texas Tech, and he played what 30, 36, you know, in this one. So I think that's a sign that they've decided yes, he is a starter for them. And I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. His defensive effort has tremendously improved. Um, that's been great to see. The assist turnovers, you know, five to one in that game. And I think I tweeted this or something, but and you know, K-State only had, I believe, 18 assists in that game and 16 turnovers. So you know, 18 to 16 is not good. When one, when your other guy's five to one, your point guard, that means he was doing a fantastic job relative to the pressure the rest of his team was facing. You know, with with, with pressure there. So I think that's going to happen. I think he's going to continue to be a starter um and and talk about love and cardi i just want to throw this in there like when we were talking like that guy cannot wait to go down field house on tuesday night i mean smiling ear to ear you know, talked about not getting enough opportunities you know being hurt last year being hurt his real, his true freshman year only having the one game we had about 15 and he was walking me through the plays that lost the game at the end for them and he can't wait, you know, it doesn't mean they're not going to go get there, you know, get blown out there. That's probably going to happen, I understand. But it's not, you know, going to be a lack of excitement or effort for a guy like Cardi and, um, in K-State. They really look forward to that opportunity.
1: So I haven't spent um, a whole lot of time on boards recently yeah. uh, or on K-State Online. Not for lack well, thank of, you. Not for lack of uh, good coverage. Um, but have there been whispers of Cardi not returning next year? Um, you mentioning that has been news to me. Um but if you
2: want to speak on that I mean, at all. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if I'm being fair, I think the Whisper start for, started probably from me, you know I mean? Because I think people, you almost have to, and the reason I've talked about it is like, they're projected to be one over on scholarships right now, next year. And they're trying to actively sign two more players, which would put them, you know, at least two more, which would put them three over. People can start to figure out that James Love and Nigel Shatter never mentioned in post-game quotes, you know, when talking about the future of the program or even the signing of, you know, KC their name for mentioned from Bruce Weber. So there, if you wanna if you want to assume that, there's two. But you have to get another one. And something I think I'd even kind of silently said on KSO to the start of the year was Cartier is a fourth year junior who's gonna have a degree, who doesn't have loads of money, you know, sitting back at home for him, who before this year had given K-State an idea that he will go pro if he has any ability to do so. That that meant Europe too. so it's not set in stone. There he doesn't have an agent. They haven't K-State and him haven't agreed that he's gone. Um, it's not done, but K-State is confident enough that, you know, they're going to have another scholarship, for, you know, with him being the most likely place it's coming from, other than the other two that they've continued to recruit beyond that. If he stays, they'll figure it out. You know, I know that sounds kind of like silly and like a catch-all, but it's it's the truth. Um, nothing's done, but I, I just, yeah, I'm trying to tell people like, already, like, don't be shocked if this guy goes um, when he has his degree. You know, he's played here four years, got the injury, um, and wants to go start a career. So I think it's entirely possible,
1: yeah. Okay, I'm not, oh, yes. not surprised by that at all. Being the pro avenue, um, I right? That would be all. That's all it's about. Yeah. I had that in the back of my mind as well. I mean, that's just the game these days, and if players have, exactly if players have the opportunity to leave and make money. They absolutely should. Hopefully, right. he stays because I love him. Like, but you know. like
2: Xavier Sneed, like not to be negative, Nancy and Xavier Sneed's playing really hard. and In the case they didn't have him, they'd be hurt. But is Xavier Sneed, you know, helping his draft stock right now? I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe he is. But I'm not sure he's doing anything right now that's making him more money, you know, than it would have if he was playing in the NBA, you know, the, the D League or overseas right now.
1: I think it's an incredibly and, low percentage of players that stick around actually end up helping their draft stock. But, right, right. um, you know, I'm happy to have Xavier on the squad. Oh I'm hell it, oh, yeah, and he's actors. gonna, and he'll take advantage of the
2: extra school he gets, and maybe it will help him. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm thrilled he came back. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying he's a great example of somebody that. I don't know that all of a sudden he's going to be a second-round pick now because he's having a nice year, you know, this year for K-State.
1: Right. Let's talk about X. I thought, you know, he was excellent excellent against West Virginia. He had 16 yeah. points in just 28 minutes. Um, but he had some really, really timely buckets. Um, is this kind of the X that we've been hoping to see every game?
2: Oh, man, you hope so. I mean, I think it was 21-17, you know, when he came back in the game with two fouls in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then it was 42. No, they are up 42-25, so it went from a four-point lead to a 17-point lead. And, and they they, they moved him in and out a little bit, even in that stretch. They did a nice job of getting mouth the floor a couple times on defense. Um, but yeah, I hope so. And then the funny story too is I think Flanders has put this on, on the board. Is Flanders is, if you ever you know not you just anybody if you ever watch our highlight videos, Flanders is just sitting on the K State bench more or less. You can hear you can hear players' comments all the time and coaches' comments all the time. It's the best part of watching the videos. It's not the highlights, but listening to what the players are saying when shots are going up. Um, but anyway, I mean Xavier Sneed put himself back in that game. Like the coaches could have, so I'm not taking all the credit from Bruce Weber, like some are when they hear it, they could have stopped him. You know, they had the final say of putting him in or not, or not putting himself back in. Uh, Xavier Sneed said he wanted to go back in, got up and went and did it and they let him do it. So it was a huge difference maker. I think he was, as always, you know, fantastic and incredibly active on defense. I and mean, we're talking about playing hard. I know you know this, but like that guy always plays so hard, even when they're losing. Um, and if he can be relatively efficient like this on offense you know, 16 points, like you said, on four or six shooting. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be what you want to see. All, and it would make K-State a totally different team if he's this kind of player or even close the rest of the year.
1: Well, I think you kind of answered my next question. Um, I was going to ask if you thought Bruce has eased up on his foul rule because, he, you know, X came back in the game, you know, when he normally would not with two fouls. And it was very influential for us in the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a big momentum swing. Um, but it kind of sounds like, X just kind of over, overrid, yeah, was overridden um, or overwrote them, I guess.
2: I think I think yeah, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, I think he had a lot to do with. It. I don't think I don't think Bruce Weber looked down and said, "Shoot, we're just doing it." But I do think it could influence it. You know, he played Mac, you know, more in this game with foul trouble. Um, at least you know, put him in faster than he has. So there's a couple signs of him doing it. He has done it in the past. You know, he played Cardi extensively with two fouls in the first half last year in the Civil-A tournament. He'll, he'll do it. It's just, you know, he thinks it's got to be desperate situations, I guess. And I hope maybe this – I'm a pretty I'm pretty okay with it for the most part, as long as the players play enough minutes. But when I look at a line and see Xavier Seed play 28, then I'm not okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's got to play more minutes than that. So I hope he does yeah. get some confidence from it that, hey, this kid this kid at least proved he could handle it. He just proved it to you. Let him do it again.
1: I fully agree. I, I think hate that hate he, hate need, he needs to ease up on his foul rule. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that it's still a thing. But, um, hey, we did not make it easy on ourselves. Um, West Virginia cut no. a 24-point lead to about, what was it, six points in about three minutes? I,
2: yeah, I know they went on at least a 15-0 run, and I think the closest it got was six, I think. But I know they went on a 15-0 run.
1: Yes, not not ideal. Um you know, we've crumbled almost every time it's gotten hairy for us late in games this season. You know, how hard were you thinking? Here we go again.
2: I thought it was very, very possible. I mean, uh, when it got to six, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would say that I would have predicted West Virginia to win, but I was probably pretty close. I mean, to me, the biggest plays in this game, and I asked Weber about it after the game because I really believed it, was when, and I can't remember the sequence. I think it was Cardi then X, but when K-State was up six. They went to the line, you know, back to back and both made front ends in their one and ones after. I think it was X had missed the front end a trip before that. So, you know, you make all those, you're up 10 and all of a sudden things feel very comfortable. You don't make them, of uh, course, and one basket goes in on the other end and you're you know, four or three. I think it was the TCU game. I leaned over to Fan, you know, who sits by me on press row uh, when KC was in a close game with TCU. And I said they, they have to make their front ends the rest of the game. That's when they went, And they missed their next three front ends and lost the game by one point. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that changes the game, and uh, you talk about, you know, they had collapsed in every game when, you know, things had gotten hairy, and I thought that was a chance for them to collapse at the line there. They didn't, and from that point on, they pretty much, you know, controlled the game and dominated like they did in that stretch in the first half.
1: So we didn't collapse, so how can we use this as momentum going forward? Is this something that we can build off of? Is there something this season that we can salvage?
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if nothing else, just just true legitimate belief. I mean, now they get to go. I don't think, well, I know those players never quit. If they had, they wouldn't have put in this performance they did or come back and spend their fifth half against them. So they were never quitting, but it does make it different when your coach can, instead of asking you to play hard and not quit, can instead tell you, when you do this, you can beat, you know, the number 12 team in the country, the number 14 palm team in the country, and you can beat them by 20, you know. Uh, in your in your building. So I think that's what it changes is now these people these players don't question this. They know for a fact they can do it. But I don't want to, you know, be uh, dishonest or not real. I don't think it's going to signal some massive change where all of a sudden this team goes nine and nine in the Big 12 or 8 and 10 or hangs around and, and beats Kansas Tuesday. I don't think any of those changes are coming, but I do think it had value and for especially for these players, you know, the young players to know that if they do what they're being you know told at a high level and play really, really well, that they can beat anybody in the country.
1: Well, you're just a negative Nancy. I think. I know, right? I, know. I mean, I love K-State basketball.
2: I know, but I mean, I mean, this the thing is, I, I picked them to lose all four Big 12 games, and I've been harsh here, but I imagine I will still be told that I just love them and only defend them
1: No, I think you're probably right. Um, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be difficult for us to, you know, really salvage anything for this season. Um, yeah. But it, I don't know. It's possible. And then the thing is,
2: too, well, it is possible. And I do think it's too bad. Not that this matters. But, you know, if you don't, if you win those OU and TCU games, uh, I mean, how different does it? I mean, you're three and two of the Big 12 right now and feel, I mean, ifs and buts were candy and nuts. But that's what you look at. If you want to have a different kind of season, you win those two games. You couple this one with it. And now you are looking at a year where nine and nine, 10 and eight seems possible. And you're probably back in the tournament. So that's what stings. But there's a lot of season left. Maybe they get some back that they shouldn't have got like they did this this past weekend.
1: Right. right. We shall see. But what are we right now? We are one in four and eight. Correct. And nine. So, Correct. So, Matt, it's not a surprise, but we've seen a large contingent, you know, of people already calling for Bruce. Of course. Versus time to be ended at K-State. You know, how would you address the Fire Bruce Brigade? Right.
2: I don't even know. I mean, I would say, and I would say this, and you're going to laugh at me because I'm always like this, but I would say people have a right to their opinion, and I'm not going to try to change it. But it's utterly ridiculous to me to even <laughs> consider that. Um, and the thing that I think people, some people don't grasp or, or don't admit to themselves is you can both be mad at his performance this year and say it's unacceptable and say we got to do something about it without saying it's fireable and he sucks. You know, it doesn't have to be all those things. He hasn't, you know, results define how well you're doing in sports, and he hasn't done well enough this year. But um, he's had more success in the last, you know, whatever, seven years and than any other seven-year span of K-State coaches dating back to, I think, Jack Hartman in 1980. Um, he's won, you know, he won with Frank Martin's players at K-State. He won with his own. He's done more than Bob Huggins has done, you know, in the West Virginia last 13 years or whatever. I just – I don't know – what he would have to do to give for fans to give him some slack. Now, I'm not saying accept going 4-14 four and 14 to the Big 12. You don't have to accept it, but you also don't have to take it to the level of saying fire him and get emotional about it. And I guess that's just the way I, I don't – there, there are people out there who love to hate him, whether they admit it or not, and they know who they are, and they don't want him to succeed. And when he succeeds, they, they grin their you – know, they clench their teeth, and they grin through it, and they bear it because they like K-State, and it's good for K-State. And when they lose, they know deep down inside they're happier because they want to be right about Bruce Weber. Even though they can't be at this point, that's beyond, you know, definition or beyond argument. There's still a group who wants to be right about Bruce Weber and will never give up on it. You're yeah.
0: a bad man. You're a
1: bad man. You nailed all Bruce, the questions. Man. I tried. Um, I, I agree. If this was Jeopardy, I would if this was Jeopardy, I would have won. Well, depends on your opponents.
2: Well, see so yeah,
1: Scott. Jeez, give me Christmas. Next time. I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. There's validity to these people being pissed off, but there's yeah, really yeah, be mad. Yeah, there's no validity to calling for you know Bruce to be sacked. I think it's it's yeah. laughable. Um, I mean, I'm frustrated too, but it's clear to me that you know these detractors are the same ones that never gave him a chance. It's as if they're rooting for him to lose. Um, right. I mean, we're on the same page here. And it's always been the case. People whisper his accomplishments, and they shout out his failures. Um, I think I said this on the last show, you know, down seasons happen. They're they're frustrating. Um, But they happened. Look, West Virginia, the team we just played, is a perfect case. Um, They were in the top 15 team now. It's college basketball. You know, it happens. We lost three historically important and good players off of our roster last season. We knew it was going to be difficult. I didn't anticipate it would be this bad, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's a rebuild. I see positives going forward. I think the future is bright. And, and, hey, I know it's just one win, but and I know we've got problems, a lot of problems still, but, you know, we've been so close all season, and we just haven't been able to finish games. You know, I would not be shocked to see us turn the second half of the season around and end you up mean- kicking ourselves for such a poor early start.
2: I mean, last year when they won one Big 12 game, they proceeded to beat every team in the league in a row, you know? I mean, after starting 0-2, 0-3. So that's probably not happening. But uh, if they win in Lawrence, I'll say this, if they win in Lawrence Tuesday night, I'll just immediately jump all the way to the other side and say they're absolutely beating every team in the Big 12 over the course of the rest of the season. And I will be the most annoying person about it in the world. And I'll say that I never doubted it. So I would be ready for all those things.
1: I will embrace that energy. A couple more questions. Um, okay. Another one is Cat's Hoops. You mentioned it earlier. We got a transfer from UTEP. Tell us about him and tell us how to say his name. Yeah, um,
2: I will say it real slowly. So the first name is super easy, Casey, like the Casey Chiefs who are going the Super Bowl, like Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles. Um, those are two famous Casey's.
0: Really good
2: shout there. And, and then uh, the la- both of those were good. And then the last one, it would be like easy, like an easy-bake oven, and then Ah-Goo. Uh, like, ah, so basically you know, Casey, it, just, it reads how it looks pretty much how it is. Right. I mean, the first name a little tricky, but the last name, if you just read through it, easy Yagu, that's all it is. So it's Casey easy Yagu. Um, he is on the roster right now. He I don't know if he's practiced with them yet. I, I bet he walked through with them Saturday. I don't know if he's fully practiced. We have not spoke to him yet, um, but he was on the bench. We threw some stuff on Twitter of him. There's some pictures in the photo gallery. 6'10 kid um, has a red shirt. So, I mean, well, that's the expectation is he will still just be a sophomore next year for K State. He did not put up impressive stats at Utah. Not going to mislead you about that. Uh, he was a top 10 player out of Canada coming out of high school, which I know Canada is different than USA basketball, but he was, he was a quality prospect. There's some good highlights of him floating around. He's very long, I think 6'10, 6'11, but a 7'1 wingspan. He is a good athlete. He will block shots and dunk. Um, he has a good body, If you, you know. As, as funny as that sounds, but check out the pictures of him on our story. He's in good shape. He, he is he is a worthwhile uh, project, I believe. Whether he'll be play, pan out or not, I don't know. But he is big. He's young. He's athletic, um, and they think he can play defense in their system. So we'll see. You know, I think it's a better use of having nobody in that spot. Um, and he did start, I think, the last 10 games for Utah as a true freshman, which again is not saying a ton, and his numbers weren't good. But it's not like he just rode the pine there the whole time. He had potential there. He wanted to go to a higher level, and that's where he is now.
1: I would argue that all of our players have good bodies. but um, Well,
2: that's probably true. I can't think of – they all do, don't
1: they? Probably. They're Division yeah. one athletes, so I mean, well, yeah, absolutely they're – Okay, know, he has a, a above-average body for a D1 athlete. All right, that's going to wrap up basketball. I cool. just have one more question for you. Do, what do you make of the rumblings of, you know, Sean Snyder being linked to jobs at – uh, Nebraska and yeah. Texas. Are you surprised yeah. by that? Does it mean anything for K-State?
2: Um, boy, the reason, you know, when I start to stumble is because I don't know what, how to say something. Um, I'm not surprised. It's going to happen. Uh, he will be coaching elsewhere next year. Um, uh, I think it's probably best for for all parties. You know, I, I know for a fact that Sean Snyder loves Kansas State and really wanted to remain a part of Kansas State. Um, but I think he also knew that it was not you know, he, he probably wasn't going to be, you know, used the same as he was in the past. He had, you know, a number of programs, at least Nebraska, Texas and USC proactively react, reach out to him, you know, asking him to help come on work, coach their special teams units. So the combination of, you know, a school more or less saying, hey, we appreciate what you've done for us, but we're going to go this direction, coupled with, you know, those schools offering you, you know, positions, uh, I think creates a scenario where leaving is the best for probably everybody. I know how unpopular Sean Snyder is on message boards and that kind of stuff. I will say he's been great to me. Um, I think he's done a lot of great things for K-State, and he's been here a long time. So I have appreciation for what he's done. Um, that said, it's probably best for everybody, and I think it'll be um, probably good for everyone whenever it does whenever it does go down and whenever it becomes official.
1: I agree. I agree. Mean, frankly, I'm shocked, I'm shocked that – he didn't decide to make a move ten years ago. I mean, right. if he had any aspirations of, you know, being a significant having a significant coaching role at K State, then it's something he should have done a long time ago. I appreciate Sean a lot. Right. I have nothing against Sean. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not going to open up any can of worms. But um, I, I wish him the best. I think it's funny. Yeah. It'd be very funny if he ended up at Nebraska. Um, I think I think that's
2: most likely. I don't. Well, I'm not Texas hiding, like, is
1: out already. So right. But, um, yeah, I yeah, think Nebraska's
2: always been the most. I mean, Tom Osborne has a tremendous tremendous amount of respect for Bill Bill and Sean Snyder, and wants part of that in Scott Frost's program.
1: I don't doubt that. Um, that's. I, I guess that's it. I, we could comment. I guess Bill won the Bill the Bear Bryant Life Achievement Award. Comment. Any <laughs> comments? Any comments on that? Poll-
2: no, but I saw him and Bob Huggins uh, hug for a while at, at halftime.
1: No, before the game. I can't. Remember. No, halftime. Halftime
2: of the. No, I can't remember. Full game or halftime? It doesn't matter. I could pull back uh, your
1: tweet. I remember it.
2: Yeah, it must have been before the game because now I would have thought it was interesting to see Huggins and Snyder like embracing as long as they did with Huggins down 17 at halftime. So it must have been before the game. Had to be.
1: Well, that's gonna wrap it up, man. I got I got places to be. I gotta get out and yeah. celebrate this Chiefs win. Congratulations,
2: man. I mean, to you, to all the people here, like, I know I, – I don't know what it feels like because when the Chargers went in 94, I wasn't a Chargers fan, so I don't know what it's like, but I, I'm jealous of you and envy you and hope you all have a lot of fun with it.
1: I am just super happy for the people that have been, like, diehard lifelong Chiefs fans yeah. that I know, um, yeah. you know, because I cannot say that – I mean, I'm super happy. I even got a little emotional when I was watching that ending, yeah. and uh, I can't imagine, you know, it would basically be, like, the equivalent of – k-state going to the playoff or right or to the national title so um I'm, I'm super pumped for those people matt it's always great talking to you um again you can find him at k-state online you should check it out um actually i'll just give you the floor you can plug whatever you want
2: uh like you just said it's www.kstateonline.com that um our youtube page i do the kso today's now which people can start listening to i'm gonna work on you know it's like a, it's like a 10 minute bosco primer is all it is um, I do those on the YouTube. And if you don't subscribe to us on YouTube, I know this is corny, but just hit the button on there because it helps us. They give us more money if we have more subscribers. And, and I, would, I do this just purely for money. It's owners and reason why. Um, so that would be good. And I love the Boscos. And people should meet you at the Cat
1: Head. I agree with that. But before they meet me at the Cat head, Oh, come on. Um, what is it now? Go to mybookie.ag, Um Use promo code capital chair. Uh, you'll get a hundred percent deposit back up to a thousand bucks. It's great. They've been riding with us forever. Uh, they pay, they're the best, they're the absolute best. Matt, thanks for coming on. Love you. Meet me at the Cat Ed.
0: Podcast Network.